Coming to you from the weirdest city in the world, Austin, Texas. This is the Sports Buzz. With your host, Spencer Spillman. God damn it, man. I swear you guys whip on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. And his co-host, Zach Chandonet. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! And of course, the extremely unqualified producer, Ballot. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Time to sit back, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the ride. Here's your host. Oh, I almost forgot. Our favorite expert, Chad Goodall. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Let's get this thing started. Cheers. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Sports Buzz. I'm your host, Spencer Spillman. Got my co-host, Coach, sitting next to me. This is The Sports Buzz, a podcast where we talk sports and get a buzz on. As always, that buzz is brought to you by the beautiful, delicious Strangeland Brewery. Cheers, buddy. Cheers to you as well, sir. Uh, I may have made a mistake and did not grab a beer before this show. I'm almost out, so hopefully we'll figure it out. We'll, we, we got this. Hopefully the bartender looks this way and uh, she'll bring me one. But um, yeah, if you're listening, you are listening on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please follow us on SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes so you stay up to date with all the latest episodes that we are posting every single week. It is, uh, dude. We are getting right down to it, man. We're you're, we're here. You're going to want to stay up today. We've already had uh, five college football games now, uh, and this is the first real weekend. We're kicking it off. It's college football God, season, man, we're baby. We're here. We're here. This is our, what would be our amateur hour, but this is our Texas hour, our Longhorn hour, whatever you want to call it. This is the Longhorns preview. The Texas Longhorns. We will talk an hour straight of Texas Longhorns football. And it is going to be absolutely glorious. Um, but first, we do need to talk about uh, our um, traveling flamingo. Domingo is here in studio. Uh, he showed up. He made it. Midway through the recording of the amateur hour, the, or the, the, what would be the pro show, uh, posted on Wednesday. And he stuck around. He's not drinking any strange land because the bar does not have any of that. But uh, we're at Nate's in Buda. Just as we were last week, and atmosphere is great. Uh, there's a group of about nine women sitting right in front of us. Uh, so you may hear them cackling and they're laughing a, a little bit. They're having a good time. They are having a great time. We're having a great time. Uh, I love Nate's. If you haven't been, check it out in the beautiful historic district in downtown Buda. Uh, bartenders are great, and the atmosphere is fantastic. Bring your animals. Uh, they are pet friendly. Uh, I was here one night. Dogs, whatever you got. I was here one night, and they had a pig. Yeah, pigs. And there was a there's a pig out on the all on the, the outside deck. All the animals are welcome. So, um, our other sponsors, uh, or, well, we got to talk about our real sponsors, uh, Strangeland Brewery from day one. They have been fantastic. Go check out the brewery off of 360 and B Cave. 
Adam and Tim and Jed, all those guys are fantastic. Check out their beers in stores statewide. Yep. They are everywhere. Uh, yeah, all statewide. Uh, still hard to find them some places, but uh, in the Austin area, you can find them anywhere. Just got to keep asking. Keep yep. asking your bartenders. They'll get it in there. Yep, absolutely. Uh, newest one out there is the Watermelon IPA. Go check it out. It is delicious. We've had it. Uh, we got it pre-release, so that's how oh, cool yeah. we are. Yep. Uh, so thanks to the guys at the brewery. Go check them out. Uh, also, Mountain Breeze Campground is still open year-round for camping. Uh, coming down to the, to the end of uh, real tubing season, still going to be hot. But, um, yeah, Labor Day weekend coming up this weekend. Uh, we got a DJ Friday night. We will have a DJ Saturday as well as, uh, I believe, the band name is Clever Name Band. Well, hey, look at that. Pretty clever name there. Uh, I've heard good things, so go check them out. And we will be out there. Plenty of spots open for reserving campsites. Uh, water's still cold. And bring you some strange land out to the river and have a party this weekend with us because I will be out there all weekend. Yeah, we can't, we can't promise you a good time, but we can promise you great stories to go home with. <laughs> well, you may remember some of the stories. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Valdebury... I mean, if someone has to tell you the story, then you then know it was, it was a, a good story. story. Yeah. Uh, follow the brewery on Twitter, at Strangeland Brew. Follow us at SportsBuzzTX. Let's go ahead and jump right into show business here. Um, is everybody in studio? No. No, they are not. But uh, Coach and, uh, and myself are here, and Domingo's here. And Domingo made it, dude. The, the effort is being made right now. Yep. Domingo's showing up. I mean, he's he's here. He flew all the way from Austin. Yeah. We, we thought he was gone forever. We thought he was stuck in, in uh, Casa de Ballad in our mm-hmm. old studio. Found it. He made it. He found a way out. He, he picked the lock, and he's Bro- here. Broke a window, something. <laughs> he got out of there. Uh, but, yeah, as I mentioned, we are live in Nate's. So enjoy the background music. Enjoy the uh, bottles clinking and the uh, the party that is being had with these nine women in front of us. Uh, we may have to go over there after the show, see how they're doing. Maybe we'll just call them over, bring them on the show, see if they want to talk Texas football. Well, we, might, we might have to get them before they get into that fifth bottle of wine. <laughs> they are having a good time. Uh, yes, they are. And uh, as I mentioned, we are as well. But college football is back. And if you are listening when this episode is posted, Texas plays tomorrow boys and girls and i couldn't be more excited and yeah those those uh sound levels definitely hitting peak because i am so stoked about it man hey we start off with redemption on the road uh could not be a better way to get 2018 kicked off for the longhorns i'm so excited man i can't wait and we will talk a lot of it um but hey let's go ahead and we'll talk a little uh we did hit our show bet if you didn't listen to the amateur we did hit our show bet tonight we did. Uh, we took the Atlanta Braves hosting the Tampa Bay Rays. The over-under line was set at 8. I told everybody, you know what, I'm not worried at all. Everybody's hot right now. Uh, it was 2-1 to one in the top of the fifth. We look back two innings later, uh, and it's 5-4. We hit our show bet. So uh, we, we'll take care of that right off the top. Uh, show bet is taken care of. We've hit the money three weeks in a row, uh, so we're riding a new hot streak. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And we need to keep our baseball expert picking baseball. Uh, but pretty soon we're going to be doing, well, do we have, are there Tuesday college football games? No. Okay. Well, uh, then I guess we'll keep doing baseball until we have something else to bet on. But um, yep. I do want to update the folks and the listeners on our degenerate, uh, I guess we'll call her a um, 
I wouldn't call her a gambler because she doesn't actually put any money down. I called her that the first show, and, and you corrected me. But uh, Lana, our hamster, she is basically a... She's a celebrity at this point. I mean, she, she's the one who sets the lines. She's the one who makes the picks, and, uh, you know, we, we love her. And, you know, she picked our fantasy for us. But uh, I got the pleasure of spending a weekend at uh, good old Casa de Chandonet this past yeah. weekend. Um, old Coach's Crib. Coach's Crib. Uh, we, we had an engagement party for you and, and the Mrs. Uh, Miss Hammett, who you guys have heard on the show here before. And we had a really good time. Yeah, we uh, had our fantasy draft on Friday, which yep. you came up for, stu- stayed over for. And then uh, Saturday, we partied it up engagement style. We did party it up. Uh, uh, but it was good to see Lana rolling around the house. And as you mentioned, she is a track lead. Uh, she, is, she runs all over that house. Anytime you let her in that ball, she is running around the house all day long. Well, and I think Sometimes my- we forget about her. She's just running yeah. everywhere. I mean, we just let her go. She just she owns the house. She she owns the other animals in the house. It's just she's dominant. She's dominant force to be reckoned with. Um, oh, Baba was so scared all week all weekend long. Like, it's so it's so funny. He'd see he'd see Lana run by and he'd perk up, but he wouldn't ever get off the couch. He's like, no, I'm not going to chase that thing. Yeah. No. Um, my favorite update for Lana was the fact that she took over the engagement after party. Uh, she was the most prized possession of, of everyone being at the house. Everyone wanted to see Lana. Everyone wanted to see her run around a little ball. Uh, so much so that someone, in fact, left the lid on her cage open overnight. <laughs> uh, don't worry, Ballad. Uh, Lana's okay. She didn't climb out of the cage because she feels loved where she's at. So she stayed perfectly perfectly fine in her home. She definitely and I, got uh, some exercise. Covered the cage up in the morning. I think that was my favorite story after waking up extremely hungover on Sunday morning was that you went in the room and were like, oh, God, some someone left the cage open all night long, and Lana's still in here. So she she, yeah, she didn't want to escape, uh, but we did have a good time. Uh, my favorite story from the weekend, our, our weekend of debauchery, was definitely all the Smirnoff ices that are hidden in your house. I don't want to talk about it. How many did you find after I left? Is the real question. Here's the thing. Uh, when Emily went to bed, <laughs> she found one under my pillow, the which, best, which I best. drank for her because that was only right. Oh, she was livid. She was pissed. She was already livid. trying to go to bed, so I just took care of it for her, which I'm a gentleman. Um, and then in the morning, she found another one under a different pillow in our bed, so we slept on a Smirnoff <laughs> ice the whole night. Um, I found... Oh, yes. The first here's the worst thing. The first one I found was in our damn compost bin on the top of the counter, so it was all covered in coffee grounds. Uh, I found another one in my work boots when I went to mow the lawn yesterday. Yes. It's it's been a nightmare. Uh, I'm pretty sure we found them all. I have ended up drinking the brunt force of all of this. Trey had one during the party. He did find one. Emily found one when she was still in capacity to drink it, and yeah. she did. But I have literally consumed all the rest of them, and they're either grape or screwdriver. Now, yeah. I'm not <laughs> – I cringe when I find the screwdriver ones, but the grape ones I have been ecstatic for because those go down super smooth. <laughs> they're so great. But oh my obviously God, the worst possible thing that could happen. I had a blast at the party, and uh, – 
you know, we enjoyed watching you catch all those, the Smirnoffs, all those L's. But yeah, I think fun was had by all. It was, it was a fun weekend, and uh, just makes me even more excited for the wedding. Uh, but we'll move on from that. We'll have plenty of stories from uh, <laughs> bachelor party and weddings uh, in months and years to come. Oh, so Lord. let's get into what we're here to talk about. The real deal. It's time to talk Texas football, baby. Let's go. I wish I had a little clip. I should have got a soundbite of uh, Texas fight or something. But Should have got something. I know. Um, I think we did have Texas fight on the show last year, but we do not right now. Uh, so we're going to start things off and talk about the coaches of the Longhorns. Um, couple, of, Mainly the same guys coming back. Uh, obviously, Tom Herman uh, is your head coach for the University of Texas. Um, but there's a few new guys, or at least one new guy. Uh, Tim Beck will still be the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Uh, Stan Drayton will be the running backs coach. He's got a lot of the work to do with some young guys, and we'll get into that in the offense here in a moment. Uh, Oscar Giles, the D-line coach. We'll go ahead and skip this one for now. Uh, but uh, Corby Meekins comes back, wide receiver coach. Drew Maringer looks like he's about 12 years old in this picture. Uh, pass game coordinator, wide receivers coach. The big one on the list, Todd Orlando did come back. Uh, a lot of people were worried about Orlando leaving for a head coaching job. He does come back as a D coordinators and linebackers coach, which is huge for the University of Texas. He's got too much to prove. Uh, Texas was lackluster on defense at best at times last year. Um, so I think Todd Orlando has a lot to prove, and I think this offense for Texas has a lot to prove, and it starts with the coaching staff. Guys. Absolutely. And Derek Warheim uh, is the tight ends coach coming back. Uh, Yancey McKnight still the still getting uh, strength buff. and conditioning coach. He's big, that's a big dude. Super buff. His but, name's Yancey. He has to be big. <laughs> but the big one, the big addition here is Herb Hand, the new offensive line and co-offensive coordinator. Um, you know, Herb Hand comes, he's been with Auburn, um, he is a hell of an offensive line coordinator, uh, offensive line coach, and he's also helped with the coordinator position, uh, with Gus Malzahn, so with, he was also previously with Tulsa, but, you know, with, with the offensive play calling last year, coach, do you think that Tim Beck is really the one calling plays, or is this a two or possibly three-headed monster with even Tom Herman being a part of this? Is it – I mean, I really feel like Herb Hand can help this offense out as far as play calling goes. He's got a good offensive line. Um, do you think that Tim Beck is really the coordinator, or is there – Oh, I think Tim Beck is going to continue to be the offensive coordinator. I think he's going to call the plays. I think he's going to run the, the scheme uh, and the game plan for the Longhorns on offense. Um, but here's the thing. Herb Hand is coming in from Auburn. Uh, in 2016, he had a semifinalist offensive line that was up for the nation's best O-line. They turned around in 2017 and became finalists for that award. Um, he clearly knows what he's doing. Now that we have some senior leadership on our O-line, or, or at least some upper-class leadership, I think our O-line is a much better place naturally. Um, but having a guy like Hand come in is only going to do good for them. I think what comes into play for Herb is whenever this O-line is starting to dominate teams in the trenches, 
Texas is going to start to go to a much stronger power running game, as they should. Um, and I think they'll really start to control games and manage the, the, the game plan a little bit better. So I think that's where Herb Hand's uh, offensive coordinator title comes into play. I think he's going to be the manager um, and, and get the feel for the guys. And Tim Beck is going to be the one calling the plays because he knows what works with the skill guys. Um, and he's just going to make sure that everything else is functioning. So I think if Hand is managing Tim Beck a little bit, it's going to keep them on a leash, but it's also going to keep them moving forward because if there's one thing offensive lines want to do, it's get a push up front. Sure. Um, let's go ahead and get into that, that offense and especially more, more specifically that offensive line. Um, you know, you bring back a lot of guys who have been there. Um, you have Zach Shackelford, your, your centerpiece right there, uh, 18 starts at center. So that's huge. You have Patrick Vahe at left guard. Uh, the big one, the big surprise to me is that the grad transfer from Rice, uh, the kid from Austin Westlake, Calvin Anderson, uh, listed as the starting left tackle for the Longhorn offensive line. Um, and then on the right side, you have Elijah Rodriguez and Derek Kerstetter. Now, I've heard that the battle at right tackle has not yet been decided. Uh, Samuel Cosme is possibly redshirt freshman, could end up winning that job before the start of the season. Uh, so they're listed as co-starters, but Kerstetter is currently listed above Cosme, so um, we'll, we'll lean on that side. But you got uh, a guy who's been there, Kerstetter, a sophomore, a redshirt freshman there on that right tackle spot. And then Elijah Rodriguez, a senior, four-year senior, Zach Shackelford, a uh, three-year junior, Patrick Vahe, four-year senior, and then a grad transfer in Calvin Anderson. A lot of a lot of guys who have played football for a very long time at that at those positions. Um, I mean, I back up at left tackle, you have Denzel Okafor. I and really like. And they're big. They're, they're huge. Really they're really big. They're guys, six three on the line. I mean, they're they're big they're up really front, big. which is nice to see for Texas again. Yeah, and, and so Herb's got a lot of pieces to work with. A lot of guys with experience, which I think is going to help out a lot, especially for the quarterback. Um, we'll talk about that position now, being that it is uh, arguably the most important. The depth chart comes out as Sam Ellinger named the starting quarterback against Maryland. Uh, 6'3", 230-pound sophomore from Austin Westlake. Uh, beat out Shane Bouchelle in camp, and I think that is the absolute best possible scenario for this team. Uh, Sam has the ability to throw it and has the ability to escape and make plays with his feet as well. Uh, and we've seen Shane very injury prone in previous uh, games and years. The past two years he's been with UT. Um, just want to get your thoughts on the quarterback position and what you expect to see out of whether it will be only Sam Ellinger or do we see a lot of Shane Bouchelle as well? Uh, I don't think we see a lot of two quarterbacks this year from Texas. I think they're going to stick to a game plan. Um, now, I think Shane Bouchelle is going to be ready to go anytime he's needed. Uh, Sam Ellinger has not been the epitome of healthy at quarterback either, so I think having Shane there will will be a motivator for Sam, if anything were to happen, to get back onto the field and producing again. Um, but, I mean, you got a very competent guy in Bouchelle behind 
a very exciting guy in Sam Ellinger. Um, I'm excited to really see Sam Ellinger kind of take control and start to be the leader of this offense. I really think he has the capability. I think he has the skill set. Um, but now it's a matter of turning it into production, which is one thing we have not seen in a Texas offense in recent years. Sure, absolutely. Um, now, I will say uh, the, the quarterback position is interesting um, in the sense that, yeah, Sam's been hurt before, but Sam likes to take contact. Sam is okay with taking a hit. I mean, like, he's a game changer. He's yeah. absolutely a game absolutely. changer when he's in there. Um, let's let's move on to running back and talk about this whatever you want to call it. I wouldn't call it a three-headed monster, but definitely a system where you're going to see a lot of guys running the ball. Um, right now on the depth chart, listed number one overall is Trey Watson, the grad transfer from Colorado uh, from California. Um, and then it says or Daniel Young, the sophomore who played last year. Uh, Daniel Young's obviously the bigger guy, six foot two twenty-five. Uh, Trey Young, 5'11", 195. So um, both guys can run the ball and, and be elusive. And Daniel Young really impressed me at the at the end of last season. Um, he was able to make plays and and make people miss. Uh, what's really telling on this list is you don't see Kyle Porter, a guy who was listed as one of the best running backs coming out of high school out of Katy. Uh, no Kyle Porter on this three-man list. Uh, third on the list is Keontae Ingram, the freshman, coming out of Carthage, Texas. Uh, Six-foot, 205-pound freshman, true freshman there uh, as the third-string guy. Now, Coach, there's a lot of guys on this running back list. You have Watson, you got Porter, uh, another freshman in Jarrett Smith, Ingram, Kurt Johnson is a junior, Tonio Carter, who we're not even talking about yet. Uh, there's a lot of guys on this running back list, and you know they definitely have some guys that you're going to have to play. I mean, guys are going to have to play. Guys are going to have to step up, and I definitely think Stan Drayton's got a lot of work to do with this running back core, a team that had a leading rusher last year being the one and only Sam Ellinger. It's not good with over just over 400 yards rushing. No, but I think they have a scheme down, and I think they have a system down. I think the backs understand the offense a little bit more coming into year two, uh, in, into this year. Um, I think it's going to change a lot throughout the season. Uh, Kyle Porter is a guy who's gotten himself lost in the depth chart when the team wasn't as good. I think this team is better, and I think that's why we don't see him on the initial depth chart to begin with. Tennille Carter the same way. He really couldn't come in and make an impact last year, even though we saw flashes of greatness from him. Um, I think Keontae Ingram is, is going to be the running back of the future for Texas. I think he's a downhill runner. I think he's got uh, good feet. He's elusive in open space. Um, I think he'll, you'll see a lot of Ingram for change of pace with Trey Watson. Um, but Daniel Young is going to be the power guy. They're going to give it to him between the tackles. He's going to go and he's going to hit defensive players in the mouth. Um, and I think they're going to. I think that's why Daniel Young is there as an or is because when it comes down to it, if they have to play smash mouth football, Daniel Young is the guy who's going to smash everybody in the mouth first point of contact. So um, yeah. I think they're going to cycle running backs like crazy. Um, but I think that's the type of offense that this is, and and the kind of football that we're in. I'm really um, excited about Daniel I'm, Young. I'm excited to see what these backs bring to the table. I'm really excited to see a full a full year of Daniel Young, a full year of Tony Carter, and yeah, I want to see what Keontae Ingram's got. 
uh, being that. I really hope Keontae Ingram honestly way, ends up leading the team in rushing. I he's think clearly he's worked his way good. up on this. I mean, we, we just looked at the roster. There's, what, 10, 12 running backs on this list? I mean, there's a lot of guys here that you may not even see touch the field. I mean, there's going to be some guys redshirted here. Uh, a lot of these freshman guys that you don't see, I mean. You're looking at all the guys over 200 pounds, too. They're either sophomores or juniors. They've had time to put in to right. be that big. Ingram is 205 coming into college. Like, yep. he is yep. ready to go. Yep, absolutely. That will uh, be special. So let's move on to wide receiver, a uh, spot that was highly questionable last year. Uh, a lot of argument as far as the changing of lineups and the rotations of wide receivers. Uh, so they've put out a depth chart with the XY receiver starting would be Colin Johnson, 6'6", 215 in his junior year. Kid's a stud, and he needs to play. Pretty much every down, in my opinion. Um, at the H receiver, we got little Jordan Humphrey in his third year, six foot four, two twenty, kid from South Lake, absolute animal. He will actually be uh, returning kicks as well for the Longhorns. Um, and then your Z receiver, your slot guy, Devin Duvernay gets to start over senior Gerard Hurd. Uh, your H is your slot guy. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So. Your speed guy, your, your Z receiver, your outside speed receiver, Devin Duvernay, uh, in his third year, the kid from who transferred from Baylor, actually. I'm amazed to see little Jordan Humphrey is listed as the slot receiver. I mean, he loves Six, going over the four. middle, dude. He loves it. He's not scared to go over the middle. I've, you just rarely see guys that big. Yeah, and look at the two, look guys. at the two guys behind him. Five foot ten, one eighty. Six foot one, one seventy. He outweighs both those dudes by at least forty pounds. Um, and then John Burt, senior receiver, is the third string Z. <laughs> the outside guy. Uh, really shows you how they're feeling about John Burt. You know what, though? That's where I feel like John Burt has put him himself. He has refused to make plays over the last two years. Yeah. He's refused to be a part of this offense. He's refused to be instrumental in any single way. So, John Burt, your career was dead to me before this He's year. He's had trouble catching the ball. It's dead now. Dead in the water. Uh, but John Burt, I, I, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think the most interesting thing of – the receiving group uh, would definitely be the tight ends. You got Cade Brewer and you got Andrew Beck. Um, I think they'll both be used. Oh, and absolutely. I think if we turn to a power running game, we'll have lots of sets where both guys are on the field blocking, protecting, and, and really moving the ball for, for the long run. So. The, the big question here is, is Andrew Beck going to stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? We haven't seen a full year of Andrew Beck. He's got 16 starts, but that's over four years. I mean, the guy's always hurt. And all these, all, all three of the tight ends listed here are right around the same size. 6'3", 6'4", 6'3". 260, 240, 250. I mean, they're all right around the same size. I like what Cade Brewer brings to the table. Um, it's obviously interesting to see a uh, Westlake quarterback to Lake Travis tight end. Um, but clearly Sam and Cade have figured something out. Um, but, yeah, I want to see if Andrew Beck can stay healthy for a full season because we just haven't seen it yet. I, I really want to get what we wanted out of the guy because that's going to be super important for them this year. Uh, anything else you want to touch on on offense? We talked the O-line. We talked the uh, skills positions. I think that's it, man. I mean, the, honestly, the biggest thing that I need to see from Texas is the ability to move the ball. Far too often last year they relied on Dixon being able to get them out of bad situations even though they couldn't move the ball at all. He, he just had a phenomenal foot to change the field. 
Um, I'm looking. I need to see this offense move the football, yep. control some clock, uh, and really start to own some games this year. I like it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think play calling's got to change. You got to let these. Yes, I know Sam's only a sophomore, and Shane is a quote-unquote junior, but hasn't really but it, played. A it shouldn't whole lot matter of from your skill core if you've got a veteran offensive line and one that protects you our quarterback. You have a very veteran offensive line, and you got to trust your quarterback. We know they're going to make mistakes. We saw Sam make several mistakes last year, but he also gave Texas a chance to win a lot of football games. Let the kid do what he's going to do. He's going to make some a few mistakes. Let him learn. That's the only way he's going to f- stop making the mistakes. Let him learn. Let him air it out. Let him make the play himself. Um, we'll get into uh, defense and special teams coming out of the break. But, Coach, do we have a chicken surprise this week? We do, in fact, have a chicken surprise. Um, I was hoping there would be more people to guess at this. But since it's just you, Dale, um, I stopped. I got us a little chicken treat for tonight. Uh, I got it from a place with a drive-thru. Can you name that place? Uh, I'll, I'll help you out a little bit. There's a, there's a Sonic around here. Uh, there's a Whataburger. There's a Zaxby's, of course. We had that last week. Uh, there's the Arches. They're everywhere. Uh, what else is there? You know, there's a Wendy's around on the way. You know, I had to come from North Austin, so it was a long time. There's a lot of places to stop on the way. But, Dale, why don't you go ahead and give us your pick for uh, the chicken surprise of the week? My God. This is so impossibly hard. I have no idea. You could have stopped anywhere. I mean, you it's, stopped not, at it, a gas station. it's fast food. No, it's not a gas station. It's, right. it's a uh, real real place with a drive through window. drive through window. I'm going to go with... Let's just go good old chicken-y, little chicken express. That's mm. what I'm going to go with. That would be a good guess, but uh, we'll have to find out when we get back from the We'll this find break. out coming out of the break. We'll be right back with some more sports buzz. Buzz. Do you feel the buzz or is it just me? Trust me. Something in the bed just above me. Something like a dream state. You call it a clean break. Do you feel the buzz, baby? Alrighty, welcome back to the Sports Buzz. I'm your host, Dale, and Coach sitting in. Uh, that was Hermitude for you. Got you a little music, and it's time to get back to what we were originally talking about, and that is the Texas Longhorns. This is our Longhorn Hour, the Longhorn Hour. Uh, we will. Uh, we talked coaches. We talked offense, and it's now time to talk defense and special teams. Uh, but first, coach, why don't you let the people know what the uh, what the drive-through chicken guess surprise of the week was? Uh, classic. I thought we were gonna have more people here, so I loaded us up on some old chicken McNuggies. So. Uh, but, hey, I brought the buffalo sauce to make it feel more like wings, so I think we're covered. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. And I will enjoy those chicken McNuggets from the old uh, double arches of McDonald's. So thanks for bringing us food two weeks in a row. Uh, we are still live here at Nate's, so enjoy the background noise, little music, and people having a good time. Uh, actually, during the break, we, uh, we saw an ambulance. Um, Got to be careful around here at Nate's because they have, uh, instead of parking blocks and your regular concrete blocks, uh, steel. 
steel parking blocks. Well, I got the railroad ties. Uh, you yeah. know, you got classic railroads coming through Butte all the time, so you, you got to watch out for the railroad it does, ties. It is, a, it is a steel railroad line that they use for parking blocks. Uh, somebody tripped and fell. Ambulance was here. Uh, so, yeah, that was interesting. But, hey, let's talk Texas defense here, buddy. Um, you know, Todd Orlando coming into his uh, to another year with a solid crew, um, a very experienced group. Uh, he does lose a little bit on defense, uh, loses Hol- uh, Holden Hill, and uh, who else Who else in the secondary? I can't, Holden Hill was the big one. Um, and then... Uh, but but this is a this is a crew that is very experienced guys who have been around. There won't be a whole lot of starting freshmen on this team, uh, other than maybe the secondary. Uh, we'll go ahead and start on the defensive line, and uh, that's where I think Texas will excel this year. Uh, your defensive end spot is going to be Brecken Hager on the I believe would be the left side technically if you're looking at it as an offensive perspective um hager's a guy who i really like uh the you know the long blonde hair dude runs around like a chicken with his head cut off he's a crazy man on the field uh, i'm really looking forward to seeing him with a lot more plays on the field because i feel like he was underutilized the past couple years uh and then you have i mean so so senior on the defensive end Senior Chris Nelson at the nose tackle, uh, replacing Puna Ford. Uh, obviously a big loss, but Chris Nelson is a hell of a defensive lineman, uh, 6'2", 310 pounds. And even his backup, 6'2", 310 pounds, uh, and Gerald Wilborn, uh, Wilbon, excuse me. Um, and then another senior, a guy who uh, who's actually, he interned for the Horn, uh, Charles O'Menehue, um, a guy who wants to get into radio once he's done playing football. Uh, so Charles, you're welcome on the show anytime you want. Um, so three guys on your on your defensive line, <laughs> seniors, guys who have had three years of experience, and you know, other than Hager, I mean, pretty big guys. I mean, I mean he's six six two seventy five. Hager's the smallest one at six three two fifty five, but he makes up for that size and a lot of speed coming off the end. Um, tell me what you think about these uh, the senior leadership on the defense. Uh, I mean, Chris Nelson is obviously one of the captains of the team. He, I mean, it, it's kind of funny. If you saw the captain's release, it's five guys that play stern positions, meaning they're either on the ground or more, more often than not on the ground. So I think that says a lot about this Texas team. Chris Nelson, Brecken Hager, obviously leaders on that defensive line. Um, but I think it expands even into the linebacking core, you know, that what's in the box is going to matter the most for Texas. And I think they're really coming uh, hot this year because Anthony Wheeler in the middle, Malcolm Roach on the outside, um, I, I think they're just going to be disruptive up front. Uh, I think they're going to cause a lot of problems. Um, and, you know, I, I really expect Chris Nelson to plug the hole that Puna Ford left last year. Uh, it's a big gap to fill, but I think he sure. has the tools to do so. No, we, we can go and get into that linebacking core now. You mentioned Roach uh, as the B-backer, um, the, the Mac, the middle linebacker, Anthony Wheeler, another senior. Roach uh, being a, a junior, playing two years. Um, and then your your rover, your your outside, kind of your your moving linebacker, uh, a senior in Gary Johnson, a guy who I was really high on last year. I thought made some really good plays and 
could could read uh, what an offense was doing, read a play before it happened. Um, so I really like. And Gary very Johnson. much an under the radar kind of guy. You yes. know, he, he just he plays really hard and he does his job. And I think that's the most important thing is that. Yeah. This Texas defense doesn't need any stars. Everyone just needs to do their job, yeah. and they're going to get things done. And, and a lot of these guys, I mean, the only spot that has a, a freshman backup, a true freshman backup is going to be that uh, that B-backer behind Malcolm Roach, uh, Joseph uh, Osai. Osai. Um, and we'll see how much time he actually gets. He's wearing that 46, that Malik Jefferson number. So uh, big, big jersey to fill there for Joseph. Uh, but Roach and Wheeler and Johnson in the middle, that's, I mean, that's a pretty solid front six. I, I really like the front six. Um, and then you move over to the secondary, and you look at another very experienced secondary. Uh, you have senior Chris Boyd starting corner on one side. Um, on the other side, you have senior Devontae Davis. Uh, both guys have been at Texas as true freshmen and played three years. Um, and what's, what's crazy is both of those guys, their backups are true freshmen. Well, redshirt freshmen uh, for Boyd and, and Kobe Boyce, and then Anthony Cook, another uh, true freshman. Uh, then you look at the safety position, and, you know, you got Brandon Jones coming back again his third season here at Texas, a uh, kid from Nacogdoches, still waiting on him to have a breakout year and really make a difference. Um and then at the other, the other side of that safety position, true freshman, Caden Stearns, a kid from Cibolo. That's an interesting start. A true freshman. I mean, this was the kid that everybody was talking about. Uh, him and B.J. Foster were the guys that were coming in as true freshmen and were really going to make a difference in that secondary. And Caden Stearns won the job. He beat out Chris Brown uh, at safety, which I think is absolutely incredible. Um, He's got, he's got a lot of proving to do, um, you know. And then you then you look at your nickelback spot. Obviously, PJ Locke, another senior. There's a lot of a lot of seniors on this defense, man, and it makes me really excited. And I think the most important thing, obviously, Caden Stearns is not going to have any starts under his belt in college. However, you look at the rest of these guys. Even at nickelback, PJ Locke, he's got what? 18. 18 starts. Davis, 14 starts. Brandon Jones has 13. And Chris Boyd has 20 starts, the real leader on that defense. This is a veteran defensive backs uh, unit. Um, they're looking to be more like DBU. So I think that Caden Stern start really shows you uh, the kind of prowess that that guy's coming in straight yep. out of high school. So uh, it'll be really interesting. But I think defense is kind of the most exciting thing I'm ready to see this year from Dude, Texas. They are so stacked on defense as far as returners go. And, man, I – I haven't been this excited about the Texas defense in a long time. I feel like DBU is back. Uh, I mean, you look at these. I feel like the whole unit is back. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, when, even when it was DBU for Texas, it started with a solid front four um, being stout in the box and really getting stops when it mattered, bending but not breaking. Um, I think this team is much more similar to that those kinds of Texas defenses. So. I'm just very excited to see what the, the front box can produce. Um, and then can we cause turnovers? Because if we can't cause turnovers, it's not going to really matter in a lot of games. Um, but if this defense can really start to get the ball back for us, uh, that's what I'm really, really looking well, forward to. Well, that's where they excelled at last year with Holton Hill. 
it was forcing turnovers and making plays in the secondary. Regardless of whether you made it to the quarterback as on the defensive line, guys were making plays in the secondary, uh, Devontae Davis being one of those guys. Yeah. The Texas, I believe, led the, the nation in, in turnovers forced last year, but they also gave up a lot of turnovers on offense. Yeah. So the defense, I'm, that's the least I'm worried. That's the least of my worries. It's a lot of senior leadership, and it's, you know, if these guys can stay on the field, they're going to make plays, and it's going to be fun to watch. There's a lot. I mean, like I said, that secondary, even though there are a lot of guys who are, you know, third, fourth-year guys, you get a starting freshman in Caden Stearns. You get B.J. Foster backing up Brandon Jones. You have Anthony Cook backing up Devontae Davis. There's freshmen all over this field that will find time. Kobe Boyce, these guys will find time, and they will be on the field regardless of whether it be at a nickelback position or not. I mean, there will be guys on the field that are true freshmen straight out of high school. You know, we talked about uh, Osai coming uh, behind Roach. I mean, dude, this is a a stacked defense, and I cannot wait to see it come come tomorrow. It is, it's got me so giddy and – I just want to – I hope Texas wins a toss and just says, no, we defer. Let's put our best our best team out there. Defense, get out there and beat the shit out of these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's a revenge match. Maryland is a little bit destroyed right now uh, with everything that's been going on in their offseason. So it's the perfect opportunity to come out hot and really just whoop up on, on the Terrapins in their home, home stadium. And I hope that it is absolutely demoralizing for – the Maryland fans, uh, for the players. I, I don't know how this whole investigation is going to plague on that that Maryland Terrapin team. Um, I don't see it going well for them. No, and we're going to start by putting another rain cloud in the air for them because this is going to be a nightmare for Maryland to handle. Absolutely. Um, um, but hey, we got one more unit to talk about: the old ballad unit of the football. most important, the most important piece of Special a football teams. team. Special teams. Um, obviously, we lose Dixon to the NFL draft. Uh, he's got the greatest boot this side of the Mississippi this and side, probably that side of the Mississippi as well. This side of, uh, what is it, the Transmeridian? Is that the dividing line? I don't know. but well, he's, this side of the equator. But I'm going to tell you something. He's probably the best punter on earth right now. Um, the kid is phenomenal. He was our best offensive weapon in moving the field position last year. So sad to lose him. Uh, but not to worry, uh, his old cousin decided to come to Texas yeah. uh, from Kicking Academy. Uh, why don't you talk about him? Ryan Bushevsky uh, came from the same punting academy. Uh, he did go to a uh, Morris Catholic College. Whatever, it's just, something a, it's or just other. a prep school. Cause yeah, it's some prep school, but he did go to uh, the Australian Kicking Academy or whatever it's called. Uh, so, Bushevsky, uh, a what is it? Pro Kick Australia, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds about right. Um, no free plugs. Bushevsky has beaten out. Uh, let's see, it's Jack Geiger, the redshirt freshman. Um, but we all knew who was going to win that job as soon as he committed. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, I can't wait to see if he's even I, halfway decent, halfway as good as his cousin. Michael Dixon is. I just love the number choice. Eight? Like, Eight. that means you know you're a good punter. Eight. And I wish he would have just went weak one or like zero. 
Or like 99. See, <laughs> that, those are the numbers I hate because kickers are just being ridiculous at that point. Yeah. But I like that he went with eight power number. He's ready to go. Uh, Bouchesi's uh, also going to hold uh, him and Cade Brewer. We'll see who actually does. I'd probably be Bouchesi on kicks. Mostly. Um, let's see. Uh, but, uh, hey, you know, a big a big part of Texas's misfortunes over the past couple of years has been the kicking God situation. damn, no kidding there. Uh, why don't you let the people know who we got starting a kicker for us this so year? So right now they have it listed as a co-starting kicker. Well, only one guy can kick. Uh, Josh Rowland is the senior on this uh, on this kicking trio. Which to me is the only reason why he's listed as an oar. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because Roland sucks. Because Cameron Dicker, the kicker, is listed as the number one above Josh Roland, uh, the, the freshman from Lake Travis right here in Austin, Texas. Uh, Dicker, the kicker, I mean, it just fits. It just fits. I've seen the guy kick. He's got a hell of a boot. And we just need accuracy at this point. I don't even need 55-yarders. I need every single 45-yard field goal, every 40-yard field goal, every 35-yard field goal to go in. everything under 45 has to, to go, go in. through the post. It has to go in. It has to go in because we dealt with the the Nick Rose, the – I mean, yeah, Nick Rose could kick a 75, 80-yard field goal apparently in practice, but he couldn't make a 30-yarder. But we just can't do that anymore. You, you have to score points when you don't convert a touchdown. And I think Dicker is going to be the guy to do that. Uh, yeah, he's a true freshman, but born and raised in Austin. This is what he's always wanted to do. He's going to be living his dream. I can't wait. Uh, a few other points to touch on. Let's see. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, uh, this, these are just some some starter co-starter deals where so-and-so hasn't been named or not. Um, you know, the, the receivers are pretty set. Running backs, we talked about uh, Trey Watson or Daniel Young. Um, on we, we just mentioned Ooh. Josh Roland and I'm Cameron super Dicker. Excited about kick returns, dude. Uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey and yes. Devin Duvernay in the back. Yes, is going to be fantastic to watch. I um, hope they dial up a couple of trick plays with those guys. Let them kind of make some plays, um, and then Brandon Jones is going to continue being the punt returner. So we'll see if he stays as a punt returner. If we get like a Devin Duvernay or something like that out there. Yeah, I think if one of those guys really starts to shine, they're going to see a little bit more time on, on returns. So uh, they're all three very exciting players to watch. Uh, and I think Brandon Jones gets a nod at punt return just because his hands are so good. Yep. Um, and so I, as long as we're secure there, I got no problems with, with them having alternates that way. Yeah, and that's, I mean, really that's it. I mean, there's only a few spots where you have question marks at this point which is a good thing, I think, going into your first game of the season. You know, a lot of teams haven't decided. Right now, uh, I just saw today Alabama, uh, Tua and um, Hertz? Hertz are still listed as co-starters. They haven't named a starting quarterback. You know, Texas has all that figured out. They've got a starting quarterback. They've got a starting running back, whether yeah. it be uh, – Trey, or whether it be uh, Daniel Young. I mean, I think they've pretty much got everything figured out. They're just waiting for a few more practices to see if, you know, if Kerstetter is going to get beat out by, by Cosme, or, you know, maybe Josh Rowland just doesn't miss a kick all week long. I still think Dicker's going to be the kicker, but um, yeah, I think Texas got it figured out, man. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few things left to iron out, but all in all, I think Texas is ready to go. We're ready to groove against Maryland, uh, and we'll adjust after that. I think there's going to be a lot of game film to work off of. I think there's going to be rust. I think there's going to be bumps along the way. It is Texas. It is not perfectly set, but I think at the end of the day, Texas is ready to go, and, and they're looking forward to not only this revenge game against Maryland, but the revenge game against USC, just games that they really want to redeem themselves. And I think it's going to turn into a great season for the Horns. Yeah, and I really like that Ellinger is the quarterback because he he had to to deal with being the guy, being the guy who who lost the USC game or fumbled and had to be the guy who threw the interception late against Oklahoma. you know, he, he was the, the – really, I mean, I don't want to say that he was the, the only problem, but, yeah, Sam was the guy who made the last mistake, and that's what people remember, you know. People don't remember that first half fumble that, that your running back had. They remember that overtime fumble, that overtime yeah. interception, that you could have won that game. You should have won that game, and your quarterback was the guy who cost you. And I think that that shows a lot of trust in Tom Herman – to name him the starter and and really just you know he's the guy and if he doesn't if he doesn't do his job we have Shane Bouchelle yeah. and we have three other quarterbacks on scholarship there's, there's depth everywhere yeah we have three other guys on scholarship that if neither one of these guys can do it we'll let a true freshman we'll take a red shirt and let somebody do it because there are like six quarterbacks on the on scholarship right now for UT I mean there's a lot of guys on this team who their job is not guaranteed. You know, you look at this right here, well, five quarterbacks, but um, three of those guys are freshmen. And, you know, if Shane can't do it, if Sam can't do it, they're not – I mean, Tom's not scared to throw a mobile quarterback into the mix because that's what he's used to at Houston. He had mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, and I think I think the biggest thing for Longhorn fans that we can look forward to is there's not so many questions this year. Going into it, there's just not questions. Right. We are just ready to roll game one. Uh, so that brings us to game one um, and into our first impressions for tonight. Um, game one at Maryland, Saturday, uh, September 1st, 11 a.m. game. Texas historically has not gotten off the bus very well for early morning games. However, I think this year and this game itself is very different in a lot of ways. Uh, but Texas, number 23 ranked to start the year is at Maryland. UT is a 13.5 point road favorite. Dale, who you got in this one? This is my absolute dead lock of the week. Texas will cover 13 and a half. This is at least a 17 point or 21 point win for the Longhorns. This is a statement game that we as a university, the University of Texas, is back and they're not fucking around anymore. I got Texas winning big. All right. Well, uh, none of us look like we're going to rock the boat on this one. Bad, uh, Ballad and Chad agree, as do I. We all got Texas taking this one on the road in Maryland. Uh, coming up after that in the 2.30 matchups, we have a neutral site game in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, number nine, Auburn, takes on number six, Washington. Auburn, a one-and-a-half point favorite. Oh. Dale, who you got? This is a good game. Um, I do think that Washington is going to be a very, very good team this year. I just think that Auburn, 
year in, year out, has the better recruits, has the better players, and they have the better coaching. Uh, Gus Malzahn's going to have these boys ready to go. I got Auburn covering a one-and-a-half spread. All right. Well, so does the rest of the podcast. We're going two clean sweeps on that. We all got That's Auburn boring. winning this one. Uh, so boring. Also at 2.30 on Saturday, number 17, West Virginia, takes on Tennessee in a neutral site game uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. West Virginia, a heavy favorite, 10 points in game one against the Vols. Dale, who you got? I want to know who you got in this game. This is my lock of the week. I got West Virginia covering, if not dominating Tennessee. Uh, Brand new coach. I don't think they're just ready right out of the gate. Dayton Holgerson's got this team ready and rolling. So I got West Virginia winning this one by at least two touchdowns. Who's everybody else got? Uh, We're split between Chad and Ballard. Meaning they pick two. They pick differently. What do they pick? Well, I'm not telling you because this is first impressions. So okay. what's your impression? Uh, I got West Virginia. <laughs> As does our expert, Chad. Uh, it looks like Ballot's going to be left out in the cold on this one. Uh, I don't if know it, why if he's it so was, high on Tennessee. You know what? He probably yeah. didn't know it was a neutral side game. If he had him at home, 10 points isn't so much, right. uh, which right. I would agree with. However, being in Charlotte, I think West Virginia is just going to be ready to roll. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. All right, last up for Saturday, we have a 6.30 matchup. Michigan, number 14 in the country, is going to number 12, Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame, a pretty notorious stadium. Everything is right on top of the field. Uh, Notre Dame, a one-point favorite in this one. Dale, who you got? I feel like this is good time money right here. I've been high on Michigan all preseason. We talked about it when we talked Big Ten. Um, I am going to say that this is a wrong team favored Michigan's win in this game outright. All right. Well, uh, you know I love me some khakis. I also love me some good Harbaugh bits. Uh, I'm hoping Michigan pulls off a big, who do you big think, win. Who do you Notre think Dame. needs this win more, Harbaugh or, or Rich Rod? I don't think it matters so much for Rich Rod. I think Harbaugh's job is much more hot right now than Rich Rodriguez's. I mean, Rich Rodriguez just doesn't have the name to go with it. That's what, his second year at Notre Dame? Third year? I think it's his third. It's relatively new there, so I, I just don't think there's as much pressure to win now, win big against big schools. So. Okay. Uh, Ballad, though, is going to be the lone man out. He's got Notre Dame at home. <laughs> All right, last up, uh, Sunday – at 7 p.m., we got the number eight Miami Hurricanes facing off against number 25 LSU. This game is at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Miami and the turnover chain gang is favored three and a half points. Dale, who you got? You said Miami who? Miami is favored by three and a half against LSU. Mm. Yeah, I should have made this my lock of the week. I got Miami by a lot here. I don't think LSU has a chance in this game. Three and a half is a small line for a neutral site game, I feel like. Yeah, uh, and with the way Miami played last yeah. year, I got them winning pretty big against I LSU. I just don't think LSU is that good. I, I should have made that my lock. I don't think they are that good. Uh, but this is also Ballad's lock of the week. He's got Miami. Smart. As does our expert. It's it's just clean sweeps all the way around. Yeah, right? what was what was uh, Chad's lock of the week? And Chad's lock of the week was in our uh, Wednesday show. He had Rutgers yeah, he texted locking us after it up we'd recorded it, against so. Texas State. So, yeah. Um, 
We will see how these pan out, but I think this new Lock of the Week thing is going to be a real nice uh, So explain to the listeners what addition. the Lock of the Week means, because we well, do keep track of all of our picks. We've uh, been you, get a, track. you get a point per pick that you get we, right. We like to brag a little bit on each other, but most importantly, we like to uh, humiliate the loser of our group. So uh, I'm going to keep track, and our Lock of the Weeks, weeks are going to be worth double, so they'll be worth two points for us. Uh, so I'm going to try and do a much better job of tracking things and keeping our records in order uh, for the show. Yeah, we don't need Ballard's super unorganized Excel sheet. Ballard uh, just needs a little bit of help. That's all it he is. Does. He That's does. That's all it is. And it's a good thing that you, you're taking over this because I would not want to do that. Um, so I think we got a little bit of time, right? We do have a few minutes. So can we, can we also throw in this Florida State game on Monday? Yeah, why not? Is that, is that too much yeah, to ask? Yeah, you and I. $5 bet on it. Let me go ahead and look this up because it's another uh, neutral site premier matchup. I mean, dude, there's so many ranked games opening yeah. weekend. Like, it's, I can't wait to see everything get shaken up because it's just going to be super and exciting. I hate, I hate myself that I have to be working at uh, Mountain Breeze. Yeah, you got to be at the Breeze for the, the weekend. I'm not going to so. be able to really watch the UT game. I'm going to be going in and out. But well, don't worry. I'll be able to record it for you. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, just make I, your way all the way up to uh Yeah, just drive Arctic. all the way to North Austin. Yeah. Uh, but Monday, September 3rd, the 7 p.m. game, Virginia Tech is taking on Florida State. Uh, this is the ESPN Premier Monday night game. Let me go ahead and pull this up where it's located. Currently, Florida State is a 66% favorite. Uh, they got a spread of 75 and this game will be in Tallahassee, so it is a home game for Florida State. Dale, who you got? Seven and a half? Seven and a half at home. God, I hope that line goes down a little bit. Um, seven and a half's a lot, man. Uh, Florida State with a new coach. Virginia Tech with the same coach. Just based on that line at seven and a half, I will take the road dog uh, in Virginia Tech and I like the old Beamer ball to go ahead and uh, cover that seven and a half. Well you know what I like that then because uh, I am a fan of DeAndre Francois. He is back. He is healthy. He is ready to go for Florida State So you got State to see him year. for three quarters and you love him? You're a big fan? Oh I'm a huge Francois guy. Big big Francois big guy. Big Francois guy. So Saw him play for two, two You know quarters. what? Seven and a half. I'm not too scared of it. I will take Florida State at home against the Hokies. But that should be a, a barn burner as well. All right. There's uh, a little gentleman's $5 bet on that. They got the over-under set at 56 and a half. So some points should be scored. I like that. Uh, but I also like Virginia Tech as a notoriously good defensive team. Uh, we're coming up right on an hour. So that's going to do it for us. No nightcap. Although, thank you to Strangeland for sponsoring us and sponsoring our nightcap Absolutely. every single week, every episode. It's a beer for any, every, and all occasion. That's right. Go check out Mountain Breeze. Labor Day weekend. Come see us down at the river. Water's still cold. And bring you some Strangeland with you because ain't nothing better than sitting at the river, on the river, in a tube, or not. Just sitting in a lawn chair in the water uh, drinking some ice cold beer, especially when it's Strangeland. Coach, thank you for being here. Nates, thank you for having us. Hey, it's always my pleasure. I'm your host, Spencer Spellman. Oh, don't forget our boy Domingo made oh, Domingo's the trip as well. Here. Yeah, Domingo, thank you for uh, for hanging out and flying all the way down here. Uh, but I'm your host, Spencer Spellman. Coach, thank you so much. We're the Sports Buzz, and we are out. Peace. <laughs>